Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two, one. Peace and blessings, YouTube. We thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the POET Network. I am your brother, minister, and teacher, Brother Black Ice of the Truth Hour Ministries. And we are going to go ahead and get into what we believe because, brothers and sisters, for those who are watching for the first time, we want you to know, brothers and sisters, what you are tuning into and that this is a Bible-based ministry. So whether you agree with what we are saying or not, um, it's not us that you don't agree with. It is the word of God because we're coming straight from the book. At this time, we ask that all of you all take a moment and just share this lesson for us. Start your watch parties. But let's get into it. God will fight your battles, brothers and sisters, no matter what you are going through, what you are experiencing in this life. This is a feast of unleavened bread lesson. God will fight our battles, but there is something that he requires us to do. Let's go ahead and get into what we believe. The Truth Hour Bible Class is an online social media Bible-based ministry. We teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line and precept upon precept. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus the Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, they may receive everlasting life. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then do not believe it. What we believe, number one. We believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute with the use of any other names, but prefer to use the English name Jesus because we speak English. Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And the feast that we are currently in today is the fourth day of the feast, which is called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. That's what we're going to get into tonight. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-Americans and those who were spread throughout the four corners of the world through the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites and all the Lord's statutes, laws, and commandments apply to us, but not only us, Anyone who professes to be a follower of Jesus, the Christ. Number six, we believe that we must still keep the law to the best of our ability. Why do you say the best of your ability, Brother Black Eyes? Because there are things that we don't even know about that we are not aware of that's contained in the law. So those things that we are not aware of, of course, we can't keep them because we're not aware of them. So it is our job to inform ourselves and educate ourselves on the word of God so that we can keep his statutes, laws and commandments. But you keep them to the best of your ability. Number six. Number seven. We believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter. No pork, no catfish, no shrimp, no lobster or anything that's deemed unpermissible in Leviticus, the 11th chapter. Number eight, we believe that both the scriptures or Old Testament 
and the testimony, the New Testament, must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be a New Testament Christian or an Old Testament scholar. You must be both. Isaiah 8 and 20. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service because the Lord said that the Sabbath day was the seventh day of the week, which is Saturday. Sunday is the first day of the week. The Romans gave the world Sunday Sabbath service. So we roll with the Lord. We don't believe in its Trinity doctrine. The Bible does not speak of three gods in one or God with three separate parts or anything like that. All it mentions is two in the Godhead, John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. See, the word was with God. And then it says, and the word was God. So both the word or the son and the father are given the title God. No one else. There is no such thing as God, the Holy Ghost. Although the Holy Spirit bears record with the father and son in heaven, he's not in the Godhead. All right. We don't believe in any holidays that originated and the worship of other gods. We don't believe in the cross or any images that symbolizes religion. Um, we don't believe in those holidays such as Easter, Christmas, or New Year's, or any holiday that originated, again, in the worship of other gods. Um, number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people, not just Israelites, but for all people, no matter what race or nationality or color or creed, according to Revelations, the seventh chapter, verse nine. Brothers, at this time, if you can remove any head covering that you have, and sisters, at this time, if you could put your head covering on, according to the ordinances of God, we would thank you and we would appreciate that at this time. This is not our commandment. This is the Lord commandments, okay? That our sisters should have a head covering and our brothers should remove any head coverings that they have. So for brothers, if you have a hat on, then we ask that you take it off, okay? So let's go ahead and get into our lesson tonight. There are many people that are going through things and that they are experiencing things um, in their life. We want you to know that God will fight your battles for you. And we're going to explain that by teaching on the Lord's holy day, which is today, which is the feast of unleavened bread. He commands us that for seven days that we should not eat any bread that has leavening in it or yeast in it or any rising agent in it. We're going to explain to you why, according to the scripture and the word of God. Now, this time of the year, which the Bible calls the month of Abib, okay, the first month of the year, it's normally around the end of March or the beginning of April, depending on when the Passover falls. We celebrate the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. In this lesson, we will analyze the purpose of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And how the Passover is connected to that. Okay. Now, the purpose of the blood over the side post and over the top of the door, along with eating unleavened bread, both serve a significant purpose for us today, even in America. Let us begin this lesson, right? So let's go to the book of Exodus, the second chapter. Exodus the second chapter. Now, God punished the Egyptians. He killed the firstborn in Egypt and he drowned the army in Egypt. Tell me that God won't fight your battles. They have been in slavery for over 400 years. 
But in order for God to fight our battles, brothers and sisters, there is something that he commands us to do. We're going to read Exodus, the second chapter, verses 23 through 25. Exodus, the second chapter, verses 23 through 25. And if you don't have your Bibles with us, uh, we are posting it on the Facebook Live, but you can also just listen to the word if you're not in a position to get your Bible and read it with us, which we prefer you do it so you can see it for yourself. Let's read it. Exodus 2, 23 and 25. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. What this tells me right here, brothers and sisters, is no matter what condition we're in today as black people in America, which are really Israelites, at least the ones who came over here on the ships, no matter what our condition is, no matter what we have done as a people and as a nation, God promised our father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he had a covenant with them. So he would never leave us nor forsake us. We got this thing locked. It's just a matter of if you and I as an, as an individual will comply to his word so that we can be a part of his kingdom when his kingdom comes. Verse 25, and God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. Why? Because we had humbled ourselves and we had called upon the name of the Lord. Seems like that's a perfect example of what we should be doing today. Let's go to Exodus, the third chapter. Verses seven through 10. Exodus, the third chapter. Verses seven through 10. And it reads. And the Lord said. I have surely seen the afflictions of my people, which are in Egypt, and he sees our affliction here in America. And all that's going on with us, with the injustices, with the get your knee off my neck, with all the things going on, even us killing us because our people have been programmed, Willie Lynch to brothers and sisters. He sees it. The Lord says, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the um, Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. And again, he sees our oppression today. Nothing new, brothers and sisters. This is why if you knew this, you wouldn't panic as much. You would already know what to expect if you knew the lessons of, of our history. Verse 10, come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. He's talking to Moses. And I will send thee unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. 
So, brothers and sisters, the Lord don't want us nowhere but in our own land. Yes, he doesn't even want us here in America at the end of the day. And we won't be here at the end of the day, brothers and sisters. He wants us in our own land. Let's go to Exodus, the eighth chapter. Exodus, the eighth chapter. And we're going to read verses one and two. God will fight your battles, brothers and sisters. Exodus, the eighth chapter, verses one and two. And the Lord spake unto Moses, go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, thus saith the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. And if, and, and if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs. Oh, wait a minute. One of the plagues, brothers and sisters. Do you know that the coronavirus and COVID-19 is also a plague? Brothers and sisters, I want you to hear me and I want you to hear me well, brothers and sisters. Verse 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, say unto Aaron, stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the land that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. So you had frogs, you had lice. And 17. And they did so. For Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and smote the dust of the earth. And it became lice in man and in beasts. And all the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Brothers and sisters, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob ain't no punk. So we want to hear about this watered down God. Oh, God loves everybody despite your flaws, despite your sins. He loves everybody. He's a forgiving God. Yeah, that's one side of him, brothers and sisters. But don't you know that when God gets ready to kill, that he will kill man, woman, child, and beast? He don't want nothing left on the land when he gets done with you. But we don't hear about that particular God in most of the houses of worship that we go in. See, if, if we heard about that God, then maybe things would be a little bit different, brothers and sisters. But let's continue reading. Let's go to the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter. Exodus, the 12th chapter. As the children of Israel were being set up by God to be freed from the bondage in Egypt, the blood became the requirement between life and death. What does the blood symbolize? From the lamb, it's the difference between life and death, brothers and sisters. Exodus 12, and we're going to read verses 1 and 3. Exodus 12, and we're going to go 1 through 3. And we want, brothers and sisters, for you all to make the connection, not just look at this as a history lesson, but something that you can apply to your everyday life today. Exodus 12, 1 through 3. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. So no, brothers and sisters, we don't celebrate January as the beginning of man's new year. January is the 11th month of the year. Well, why do man say it's number one? In black ice, you saying it's 11. Because you have what's called common sense, brothers and sisters. If any word that begins with D-E-C means 10, such as decade, 10 years, such as decimal point, rounding to the nearest tenth, 
December, D-E-C. If that word December begins with D-E-C, it's given its name because it means 10. Nove means nine. And any word that begins with O-C-T and Ock means eight. So if October is eight and Nove is nine and December is 10, then January is 11 and February is 12. And then you get into the month of March, brothers and sisters. which we celebrated the new year this year, brothers and sisters, 14 days before the Passover in the month of March. And if you count March as the first month, April the second month, you got May, June, July, August, September, and eight, you fall right on October. Another lesson for another time, but let's keep moving. Verse 2, Exodus 12 and 2. This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak a unto the children of Israel, saying, in the tenth day of this month, they shall take them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. Let's take it down to verse seven and let's continue reading. And they shall take the blood after they killed the lamb. They shall take the blood and strike it on the two sides and on the upper doorposts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. So now they're taking the blood and they're using the blood for protection, brothers and sisters. Let's go down to 12 and 14. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and I will kill all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. What the beasts do wrong, brothers and sisters. But once the land is defiled, everything on the land, brothers and sisters, God say got to go. So he not only kills man, he said, I'm going to kill the beast too, the firstborn against uh, both man and beast and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord and the blood shall be to you for a token. Oh, the blood is a token upon the houses wherein you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's where the term pass over comes from. It's actually an adjective describing the act that would take place when the Lord sees the blood. He will pass over you. In other words, you don't fall under the same penalty that the Egyptians who did not do this fell under, which was the firstborn in their household being killed. I'll read that again. Verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses wherein you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Brothers and sisters, the Lord don't play. But let's see something here. Is this just talking about old time? Oh, brother, black eyes, you talking about that stuff that they used to do in the Old Testament back in the old days. Let's read what verse 14 says. It says, and this day shall be unto you for a memorial and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Have you stopped having children? Within your generation has continued throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Forever. 
So this is why we still doing it today because forever has not ceased to exist yet. So let's go ahead and continue reading brothers and sisters. Now, we're gonna continue in Exodus the 12th chapter. So stay there, don't move. The Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread goes from an event to a requirement and a feast day of the Lord. The law not only applies to biological Israelites, so-called African-Americans, you and I, but the other nations who accept Jesus or Yahshua as their Lord and Savior and who have become spiritual Israelites. This also applies to them too. So let's go down to 43 through 49. We're still in chapter 12. Exodus 12, we're going to go down to 43 through 49. The Lord will fight your battles, but it's something that he requires from us to do. Feast of Unleavened Bread, the fourth day. 43, but every man serving that is bought for money, when thou hast circumcised him, then shall he eat thereof. So what is this saying here? If you are not circumcised, then you cannot take the Passover, brothers and sisters. Part of the requirement in partaking in the Passover, the, bre the bread and the wine, is that you must be circumcised. If you're not circumcised, the Lord says that you cannot partake in it. Let me finish reading. Um, uh, and I'm sorry, I skipped 43. Let, let me go back and I'll read down. And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, this is an ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof, but every man's servant that is bought for money, when thou hast circumcised him, then shall he eat thereof. A foreigner and a hired servant shall not eat thereof. In one house shall it be eaten. Thou shalt not carry forth aught of the flesh abroad out of the house, neither shall you break a bone thereof. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. So one of the things that society tries to do and the government's tried to do of the world is to make you think that you're not an Israelite, African-American or Jamaican, and those who were dropped off in the various islands from the slave ports in Africa to wherever you settled in, is to steal your identity, to make you think you're not who the Lord says you are. So you thinking that not keeping a Passover is no big deal. But it is, it is a very big deal to the Lord, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and continue with our lesson. Let's go to the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Now, the Lord confirms a word with two or more witnesses. Let's move to the book of Leviticus, where we see a confirmation of both the feast Passover and the feast of unleavened bread. This also teaches us that although you will see places in the in the New Testament where it combines Passover with the Feast of Unleavened Bread. They are two separate holy days, brothers and sisters. They are two separate holy days. They are a day apart from one another. Let's go to the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And we will read verses 1 through 8, Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And we'll read verses one through eight. And it reads, and if you ever want to know 
what you are supposed to be celebrating, according to the Lord, this is the chapter that contains the Lord's feast days that he commands us to keep and that he commands us to what the world calls celebrate. Leviticus 23 and 1, 1 through 8. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of Israel, saying unto them concerning the feast of the Lord. So don't say that this is the Jews' feast. Right here, it says, concerning the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, which means gathering or church. Even these are my feast, saying the Lord. Not the Jews' feast, not Moses' feast, but my feast. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. And a holy convocations, you shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. All your dwellings. So no matter where you live, the Sabbath day is still the Sabbath day, and the Lord commands us to keep it. Verse 4. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. And the 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. So when is the Lord's Passover? The 14th day of the first month at evening. We haven't even gotten to the Feast of Unleavened Bread yet, but let's keep reading and find out when that day is since the Passover is on the 14th day of the first month at evening. Verse 6. And on the 15th day, a whole nother day of the same month, is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. In the first day, you shall have a holy gathering. You shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. And the seventh day is a holy gathering. You shall do no servile work therein. So this is why on the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, we take off work. And the seventh day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, we take off work. Now, it doesn't say that of the Passover, brothers and sisters, unless the Passover falls on the Sabbath day. Okay? So I just want to be clear with everybody who's out there or who's watching and who's listening. Now, we have established when they are. The 14th day of the month, first month at evening, Passover, 15th day of the first month at evening, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So they are back to back, but they're two separate feasts. Now, the Lord will fight our battles, brothers and sisters. You got something going on in your life? You are experiencing trials and tribulations. You are dealing with spirits, brothers and sisters. Don't you know that when Satan got kicked out of heaven, he took a third of heaven with him? Those beings that were in heaven with him, brothers and sisters. So what do you think they doing? You think they just chilling? No, they moving to and fro in the earth, brothers and sisters, trying to send you subliminal messages to do things that you and I should not be doing. Suggestive. They're in the media, brothers and sisters. We got that spirit that's in the media. Social media, TV, cable, radio. And what makes you think it's not going to be in your household? What makes you think it's not going to be on your job? That spirit is everywhere, brothers and sisters. That's why people act so evil. 
That's why you can see people doing things that you can say, man, I don't know why this person would say this or why this person would do that. They have influences, brothers and sisters. When you go to the liquor store, if you look at the sign, it says wine and spirits. So anything that's going to alter your mind state contains a spirit, brothers and sisters. So I just want you to be mindful and I want to be want you to be careful when you are dealing with these casual drugs, these pills, these this new form of marijuana called loud and all these things. There's spirit in those things, brothers and sisters. And most of the time, people who use these things end up doing things that maybe they would not have done if they would not have been influenced by the drug. So again, God will fight your battles just like he fought our battles in Egypt. He fought our battles in Jericho. He continues to fight our battles, but there is something that he requires us to do. So let's go there. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the 26th chapter. Jesus tells his disciples during the Passover to take the wine as a representation of his blood for the remission of the sins of the world. He kept the Passover. It says nothing about Jesus keeping Easter because Easter is a Roman, Greco, Catholic, pagan god, goddess of fertility celebration. So we profess to be Christians. We profess to be followers of Jesus. Then that means that we are professing to do what the Lord commanded us to do in his word. We want to trade the Passover in for Easter because they use things that are colorful, that are shy. See, we're talking about these marketers. We're talking about that spirit that I was just talking about before. How do I attack your children? By giving them beautiful Easter eggs that are pink and that are yellow and that are powder blue and that are green and things that symbolizes spring because it was a spring <coughs> celebration, brothers and sisters. The sex goddess Esther or Istarte in another nation, she was called Isis. In another nation, she was called Nefertiti. In another nation, she was called um, um, Aphrodite. In another nation, she was called Venus. All the sex goddess and the goddess of fertility. That's why egg is used because it means new life. In spring, nature repopulates itself. And a rabbit represents fertility, which also symbolizes the fertility god or goddess. But remember, Exodus, the 20th chapter said, thou shalt have no other gods beside me. So let's go Matthew 26, verses 26 through 28. Matthew 26, verses 26 through 28. Give each guy's time to get there. Matthew 26, 26 through 28. 
and it reads, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and he gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament. Don't mean that anything from the Old um, Testament was taken away, but the New Testament that he was talking about, brothers and sisters, is replacing his life and his sacrifice for what was called animal sacrifice. Okay? But people misconstrued this and say, oh, we don't have to believe in the Ten Commandments no more because Jesus has given us a New Testament. What he's saying is that animal sacrifice ain't going to do it no more because the blood of animals cannot take away sin. But the blood for me, when I make this sacrifice, will be able to take away sin. So let's do away with that old animal sacrifice law. And let me give you a new testament and a new covenant. Covenant. For this is my blood of the new testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So now we're getting somewhere, brothers and sisters. Now we are getting somewhere. So let's continue with this and let's go to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, because now we got to explain to you the process of the death of Jesus and the shedding of his blood and what that means and what that represents and what it means for us. And why he said, I'm giving you a new testament. Don't mean that thou shall have no other gods beside me. Don't mean that you shall not keep the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Don't mean that um, you should not make any images. Don't that that's still there. This didn't take away that. So we want you to understand that when it mentions the law in this particular chapter, it's talking about a specific law, the law of animal sacrifice. Now you can read it with us with understanding because most people that were brought up in the Sunday church were taught, not in all of the churches, but were taught that Jesus did away with those things because he shed his blood and it said that we don't have to keep that law anymore. No, the law of animal sacrifice. Now, when I read it, I want you to pay attention to how many times the word sacrifices and offerings comes up as it relates to this specific law that Jesus was replacing. Let's read it. Hebrews 10. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come. Remember, we're talking about which law? The law of animal sacrifice. And not the very image of the thing could never with those sacrifices, which they offered year by year continually, make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. So what law is this referring to? The law of animal sacrifice. Wherefore, when he cometh, talking about Jesus, into the world, he saith, sacrifice and offerings, thou wouldest not. In other words, I'm not down with that. I don't really, you know, I, I, I never really wanted that to happen. 
but a body has thou prepared for me and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin. Thou had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book as it is written to do thy will, O God, above when he said sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin. Thou wouldest not neither have pleasure therein, which are offered um, by the law. By what law are these things offered by? The law of animal sacrifice. So get clarity, brothers and sisters, when it talks about removal of a law, when it talks about the replacement of a law, it's talking about the law of animal sacrifice being replaced by the blood of Jesus. I'm going to read that again. Hebrews 10 and 8. Above when he said sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither had pleasure therein, which they offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, the law of animal sacrifice, that he may establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So don't let nobody tell you we are no longer under the law of the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments. No, we are no longer under the law of animal sacrifice, brothers and sisters. Now, that whole chapter is a good chapter for you to study and for you to read and get understanding and get clarity as to what it's talking about and how it applies to us today. But you can read the rest of that on your own right now. For the sake of time, I want you to turn to Romans, the eighth chapter, Romans, the eighth chapter. Now, there is danger when you remove yourself from under the blood of Jesus, just like it was danger if you went outside of your house in Egypt after they put the blood of the lamb over the doorpost and on the side post. The protection comes being in alignment with the word under the blood, being one in spirit. Romans 8. And we're going to start at verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Jesus, who walked not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life is Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. It keeps mentioning law, brothers and sisters. But again, remember, the law of animal sacrifice could never take away sins. But this sacrifice that Jesus made, this New Testament, could do just that. For what the law could not do, the law of animal sacrifice, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemning sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So brothers and sisters, Although there's law, that's always been there. There was law in heaven. That's why sin was found in Satan, because the definition of sin is the breaking of the law. 
So Jesus comes on the scene. And he says, okay, I got this law here. I know as a human being that you're going to fall and get back up and fall and get back up and you're going to break law here or there and try to get back. I'm giving you grace. And I'm giving you time to walk this walk and get it right because I lived in your body for 33 and a half years. I know the temptations that you go through. I know the tests that my father put me through because I can't say that I love God and expect not to be tested. How can you say you love God, but you worrying all the time and you complaining all the time? And when you get that bad news from the doctor or the bad news from the job, you shaking and you, you oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Stand up to the test, brothers and sisters, because God wants you to prove your love from, uh, for him. Just like in a relationship, if you have a woman or a man and you say you love them, they want you to prove your love. What are you willing to do for this love that you say you have for me? Now, I always tell people that my definition of love comes in the form of one word, sacrifice. What are you willing to give up for the one whom you say you love? It might be something that might be very enjoyable to you. It might be something that you're eating that according to the law, it says you can't eat anymore. I know a lot of people, when they learned this word, they were struggling with that pork. Because our people was fed a pork, pork diet by our slave masters. We got so bad that we was eating chitlins, brothers, chitterlings, the intestines of the pig, pig ears, pig feet. But the word of God says, no swine, don't touch his flesh. So a lot of our people had to give that up. And that was so difficult for many of our people, brothers and sisters, who grew up in the South and lived on that type of diet. So I'm just explaining to you that love comes with sacrifice. You can't say that you love and you're not willing to prove or show that love. Let's continue, Sister Key Israel, for the sake of time. And again, God will fight your battles just like he did for us during this time, during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when we were leaving out of Egypt and the Egyptians were pursuing us. We didn't have to do anything but follow God's instructions. If he said, go this way, we went this way. If he said, go that way, we went that way. And the Egyptians had no, no choice because they were fighting with our God. So at the end of the day, brothers and sisters, he requires us to come out of that old mindset or the old things that we used to do. That's now you get into the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now we getting into that. Once you come under the blood, then you have to come out of that mentality that America gave you, 
that mentality that Rome gave you, that mentality that Egypt gave you, that mentality that was given to you by years of oppression. So let's deal with the coming out part. Now, in the beginning of this lesson, we talked about the Feast of Unleavened Bread being the day after the Passover. The unleavened bread represents removing sin. The leavening represents sin, brothers and sisters. That's why we remove it. We remove it. Seven days, we must eat unleavened bread. The children of Israel didn't have time to bake their bread with leavening in it, brothers and sisters. They had to hurry up and get out of Egypt. The point is that the day after the Passover, the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and come under the blood, you must start the process of leaving the customs of this world behind. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah, the 51st chapter. The book of Jeremiah, the 51st chapter, we're going to read 42 through 45. The book of Jeremiah, the 51st chapter, and we're going to read 42 through 45. Jeremiah 51, 42 through 45. And it reads, the sea is come up upon Babylon. She is covered with the multitude of the waves thereof. Her cities are desolate, a dry land and a wilderness, a land wherein no man dwelleth, neither does any son of man pass thereby. And I will punish Baal in Babylon and I will bring forth out of his mouth that which he has swallowed up. And the nation shall not flow together any more unto him. Yeah, the wall of Babylon shall fall. My people, go ye out of the midst of her and deliver ye every man his soul from the fierce anger of the Lord. So the Lord don't want us to partake in the punishment that she got coming to America and coming to Rome and coming to all of these nations in which we dwell and live. Yes, we are here because the Lord put us here. But their customs and their folkways and their mores and their norms, brothers and sisters, these are the things that we don't have to take part of. So we don't take part in Easter, that pagan holiday that was commemorated to commemorate the goddess of fertility, which has nothing to do with Jesus, not listed in the Lord's holy days in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, but they put it so close to the Passover that they fooled us by, by making us think that this was a religious holiday. All you got to do is type in your Google search engine and read it for yourself. The pagan origin of Easter or the goddess of Easter. As a matter of fact, let me pull that up for you right now and show you the goddess of Easter. And let me show you what she looked like. The goddess of Easter, brothers and sisters. This has nothing to do with the Lord. The goddess of Easter. 
She represents spring, the goddess of fertility. They have been celebrating her long before Jesus came on the scene. They were celebrating Easter. Because this was one of their gods. And so when you, because Easter's coming up this Sunday, it was a perverted sexual festivity. That's where the Easter egg hunting came from, where these Caucasian men from Rome and Greece and these other parts of these nations where the Europeans um, dwell, they would take naked women and they would say, I'm going to count to 10. You go and hide. I'm going to cover my, eye, my eyes. They count to 10 and then they go look for this woman. The woman carries the egg. If they catch the woman, they can catch a girl, kiss a girl. They can catch the woman, get to lay with her and have sex with her and pregnate her. Impregnate her. Because this was around the time of the year when the festivities of fertility went on. So that's your true Easter egg hunting. That's what you are replicating how these men went and chased these naked women to go and find them and have sex with them and impregnate them. And of course, the rabbit represents fertility. Now, what does that have to do with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? I'll wait. If you can find it for me, I'll, I'll wait. It has nothing to do with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. So the Lord wants us to come out of this mentality, this, this way of thinking, the things that our parents even gave us who didn't know any better. I'm going to go buy you your Easter Sunday suit. And when, and we're going to go downtown. And our suits were light gray and blue and yellow and pink and all these spring festivity colors. We didn't know that we were participating in worshiping the goddess of fertility. No one told our parents that. They didn't know any better. So it's upon us to not give our children that. But give our children the feast of the Lord listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Let's go to Revelations, the 18th chapter. Now. When you speak like I'm speaking today. And you inform some of our brothers and sisters who have not heard this before. You know what happened? Their guards are up. Because if what my grandmother told me was not true. And I know it had to be true. Then Brother Black Ice, you calling my grandmama a liar. Easter reminds me of my grandmama. Easter reminds me of my mama and my granddaddy. And, and that's what Easter reminds me of. And you going to take that away from me? You calling my mama a liar? You calling my grandmama a liar? So it's personal to them, brothers and sisters. It's offensive to them. But that's the way truth is. And I'll tell you a story real quick. One day, truth and a lie went swimming together. And when lie saw truth in the water naked, lie went and put on truth's clothing. And now what we have is a naked truth 
trying to catch up with the well-dressed lie. But tonight on the Bible Class Truth Hour, we are giving you the naked truth. We are uncovering the well-dressed lie with the word of God. Let's go to Revelations 18. And we're going to do three through eight. Revelations 18. And we're going to do three through eight. Revelations 18. And we're going to do three through eight. And it reads, remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. That's beautiful what Jesus is saying here. He said, if you're not watching, if you're not watching, I'm going to come upon you as, as a thief. But if you're watching, then you'll know I'm coming because you'll know the signs to look for. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that have an ear, let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia wrote, these things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that have the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth. I know your works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. For thou has a little strength and has kept my word and has not denied my name. And that's all we're saying. We said it in the what we believe. Keep his word. Don't deny his name. Yes, you're going to fall. Yes, you're going to make mistakes. We're human beings. That's what we all do. But don't stop there, brothers and sisters, because the race is not to the swift. It's to he who endures to the end. That's why we don't say that we're saved. Because saved, E-D, is the past tense particle, means that you are already there. You're not saved, brothers and sisters, until you step foot into the kingdom of God. Until then, we're striving to get there. We're striving to be saved. When nothing else can hurt us. No hurt, harm, or danger can come to us. That's when we are saved, E.D. Let's go ahead and continue, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Amos. Let's go to the book of Amos, the fifth chapter. At the end of the day, there's some things that you may not want to give up. I know it makes you feel good. You've been doing it for a long time. It's a tradition. But the biggest trick that the devil ever played is to make what's wrong look right. Let's go to Amos, the fifth chapter. 21 through 27. Amos, the fifth chapter. 21 through 27. 
And the reason why we read so many scriptures, brothers and sisters, is because we want you to know that this is coming out of the mind of the Lord and not out of the mind of Brother Black Ice or Team Truth Hour. Amos, the fifth chapter, verses 21 through 27. This is what the Lord says about Easter and Christmas and New Year's Day and any of the other days that were founded in the origin of other gods. He says, I hate, I despise your feast days. I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take away thou from me the noise of your songs. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. Take away those songs. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave. Take away from me the noise of those songs. I will not hear the melody of your vows. But let judgment run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. That's what Martin Luther King got that from. Have, have you offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness 40 years, O house of Israel? But you have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch and chewing your images, the star of your God, which you made to yourselves. So we don't even rock that six point star, that star of David ain't got nothing to do with God. Rimfram. Lord said, you got these images, you, you coming up with all these things out of your own mind for your own purposes. I told you, worship me in spirit. Have you ever seen a spirit? Worship me in spirit and in truth. I don't need no praying hands. I don't need no crosses. I don't need no doves. I don't need none of that. All I need is your obedience to my word. Verse 27, therefore will I cause you to go into captivity. You wonder how we got here, Israel? Therefore, I will cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, saith the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. So this is how we got here. Through disobedience, through sin, brothers and sisters, and we continue to head in that same direction that we need to be walking away from. We only got two more places to go. First John, the second chapter. If you love this word, I'm sorry. If you love this world and its customs, I know, I, I know this may be a little bit harsh, but according to the word of God, you don't have the love of God or Jesus in you if you love this world and the customs of this world. So if you love Easter, you can't love Jesus. If you love Christmas, you can't love Jesus. You either gonna love one or the other, but you can't love both because they are anti or against Christ. Now, let me read it to you. First John 2, 15 through 17. First John 2, 15 through 17. And it reads, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. 
For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but it's of the world. So, brothers and sisters, he said, if you love the world, you don't love me. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time and as you have heard that antichrist shall come even now are there many antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time so brothers and sisters when i tell you that these things are against the word against is anti they are antichrist so let's go to the book of exodus the 10th chapter verse 20 and we're bringing it back home the Feast of Unleavened Bread, what it represents, what it means. The Lord will fight your battles for you, but there's something that he requires of us to do. Now, if you refuse to walk in the righteousness or the righteous path of the Lord, he will fix it, brothers and sisters, where you can't change from your wicked ways. Now, it's something different when you are trying and you're falling short. You get back on that horse, you try again and you fall short. That's one thing. But it's another thing if you ain't even trying, if you say, you know what, I'm just going to do me. I ain't worried about it. You know, I'm just going to live my life and that's it. The Lord will fix it. Well, you can't even change your mind, brothers and sisters. There had to be a King Herod to a Jesus. There had to be a Pharaoh to a Moses. There had to be a Delilah to a Samson. There had to be a Judas to a Jesus. How did they get these roles, brothers and sisters? They got these roles because they refused to walk in the ways of God. And God said, hey, if I can't use you for my righteous purposes, I'm going to use you for my evil purposes. And if I use you for my evil purposes, then you're going to pay the penalty of being evil. So somebody got to play the role. You better make sure that it's not you playing the evil role. But again, if you refuse to walk in the righteous path, God will fix it where you can't even change your mind. Once you go past that point of no return, Exodus 10 and 20, and it reads, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. So that he would not let the children of Israel go. So even if Pharaoh wanted to let the children go, God said he hardened Pharaoh's heart. So that he couldn't let the children of Israel go. God, why would you do that? Because Pharaoh was hard headed. And he went so long in disobeying the Lord where the Lord said, okay. Well, if this is the path that you're going to go, then I'm going to make it where you can't even change your mind if you want to change your mind. But Pharaoh, at the end of the day, brothers and sisters, guess what? He had to bow down. Pharaoh eventually had to bow down and acknowledge who God was. Eventually, brothers and sisters, why are you running away from God? One day and one day soon, and yes, I'm talking to you, you're going to have to bow down to God. And you're going to have to acknowledge who he is. 
and that you're his child. And that the reason why you're going through hell in your life is because you keep turning away from him. Yeah, acknowledging God is one thing. Yeah, you know the name Jesus. Yeah, you know that God is the father, the creator of the heaven and the earth. But you don't know him. Because knowing him requires for you to know his word. And if you refuse to read, to know his word, then guess what? You're not going to know him. That means that you could be doing things that you don't even know are wrong because a good person don't make you a righteous person. Feeding the hungry. Yes, you're a good person. Clothing the poor. Yes, you're a good person but a good person don't make you a righteous person. What makes you a righteous person is keeping the word of God. And yes, we all struggle with it, but at least we're trying because we know what the word of God is because we can read the word of God. Okay. So let's find out what eventually happened to Pharaoh. Now, a lot of times you won't even hear this in the churches or on the movies what I'm about to read to you right now. Hear and pay attention. Let's go to Exodus 9 and 27. Exodus 9 and 27. Let's read the words of Pharaoh, brothers and sisters. Exodus 9 and 27. And it reads, And Pharaoh sent and called Moses and Aaron and said unto them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous and I and my people are wicked. Have you heard that before, brothers and sisters? Because they show don't play it on the movies that Pharaoh bowed down and said that, hey, the Lord is righteous. I have sinned. Me and my people are wicked. That's just one place. Let me take you to another place. Let's go to the next chapter. We're in the ninth chapter of Exodus. Let's go to the 10th chapter of Exodus. And let's read what that says. Exodus 10. And we're going to read 16 and 17. Let's read what Pharaoh says here. Exodus 10, 16 and 17. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste. And he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now, therefore, forgive, I pray thee, my sin only this once, and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. So, brothers and sisters, Pharaoh at one point was looking for repentance, brothers and sisters. He was looking for repentance. He knew at some point that the God of Moses and Aaron was the God of the heavens and the earth. So this just goes to show you that, brothers and sisters, that the word of the Lord always comes true and rings true. And we'll close with that in the book of Romans, the 14th chapter. At the end of the day, brothers and sisters, every tongue got to confess and every knee got to bow. Romans 14, chapter 1, verse 11. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Brothers and sisters, we've just went over the Passover, 
the Feast of Unleavened Bread, showing you how God will fight your battles for you as he did our fathers in Egypt. You are no different. You are still his child. You are still his people. You are still his nation. Yes, you are in America. Yes, you are in Haiti. Yes, you are in the Dominican Republic. Yes, you are in Jamaica and any of the other islands and nations that we were brought and dropped off. The Lord hears your cry, family. He sees our oppression. But you say, Brother Black Eyes, well, when will it change? When will we get out of this thing? We got to ride this thing out now, brothers and sisters. Because the Lord said this thing won't change until the time of the Gentile be fulfilled. That's a whole nother lesson for a whole nother time. And if you want to know when that will be, which is after the great tribulation period, we have another lesson that's dealing with that exact thing. But another lesson for another time. But I want to thank you for tuning in to tonight's lesson. Um, I believe that it was a very powerful lesson. It was an informative lesson. There are some that are here that have learned a lot according to the word of God. We give all praise and honor to God for his word, his precious son, Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ. And this lesson tonight, God will fight your battles. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, day four. Now, brothers and sisters, before we close out in prayer, let me say this. If you are on YouTube, then please go and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV. Again, Truth Hour TV. And for those who are on YouTube who are watching, go to Facebook and like our Facebook page, which is the Truth Hour Bible Show. Again, the Truth Hour Bible Show. If you want to receive text messages that will give you an alert that we are about to go live on air, then text your name and the keyword Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. And before we go live on the air, you'll receive a text message and a reminder that we are about to go live and what the lesson is for that particular Tuesday. Um, Team Truth Hour is out there. If you would like to be a part of this online Bible-based ministry, has nothing to do with the camp that you belong to, but it's specifically to help us push our on, online media ministry, then uh, reach out to anyone, including myself, which is a part of Team Truth Hour. Team Truth Hour at this time, put, your, put um, Team Truth Hour in the comment section so they'll know who you are. And um, reach out to Team Truth Hour and become a part of our Truth Hour family to help get this word out. You just would share the lesson, invite people on Tuesdays to hear this word, start your watch parties. Um, it's just minimal responsibilities, brothers and sisters. And we also have a research committee on certain lessons that we ask for you to help with, putting certain lessons together. So we want to thank you for your time, brothers and sisters. Um, also, remember that I just released um, a double album. Um, Insurrection in God Body, which commemorates my 20th year in spoken word. My birthday is coming up April 18th. So I'm having a um, celebration commemorating my 20th year um, in spoken word. Um, 
and the release of my double album. If you're interested in supporting your brother, um, then reach out to me also, um, and I will email you the album or mail you the album. Um, the albums are $20, and that's for both albums, the double album, all right? With that being said, brothers and sisters, let's stand up, face Jerusalem, and let's pray out of tonight's lesson. Father God, we thank you again, Father God, for allowing us to come before your people, Father God, with your word. We pray, Father God, that this lesson tonight on the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Passover was a blessing to those who are watching and those who are hearing, Father God. And in addition to that, Father God, for those who are going through some very difficult times in their life right now with the loss of a loved one, with health issues or sickness or problems in their marriage, in their household or on their job. Let them know, Father God, that you are here to fight their battles. There's nothing that they need to do but keep walking in your light and in your word, Father God. We pray that this lesson was edifying to those who watched and heard it and that you were glorified in the process. We pray these things to your son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. Okay, brothers and sisters, that will include, conclude our lesson for tonight. And we will pick things up next Tuesday. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters, until next time, in Jesus' name. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.